0: Good morning, Radiate. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, As you just saw in that video, it is palm Sunday. It's an important day here at Radiate. It's an important day for the Christian faith all over the world. And uh, that video kind of explained a little bit of that for you. We're excited, excited. I'm telling you, I am pumped that you've allowed us into your home today. Uh, whether it's through your phone, whether it's through uh, your computer, it doesn't matter. We're, I am so excited that you've allowed us in on this Palm Sunday. It's going to be a great day as we're in and as we're doing this. And as we uh, really, as we embrace this this new season of normal, it's not our forever normal, uh, but it is a season of normal. And so we're excited about that. Uh, to get the most out of online church, I've said this every week and I'll continue to do so, uh, to get the most out of online church, we need to continue to make sure we're worshiping together like normal, that we are interacting together like normal. You'll see the chat box there on the screen. It's just different. Feel free to use that. We have hosts there that would love to pray with you, love to talk with you, love to amen with you, answer any questions you have. So interact like normal. Also, at the, Pastor Travis already talked about it, but at the end of the message, Uh, you can click the link and go to a face-to-face there. So interact like normal, give like normal. Uh, You can give digitally. There's links there. Pastor Travis talked about that. We have a drop box at our office or our address. Continue to give like normal. And then right now, we are going to worship in the Word together like normal. The Bible says that the Word brings about life change. And so we're excited to always get in it. Now, If you want to go ahead and turn in or on your Bibles today uh, to John chapter two is where we're really going to hang out and and spend some time. But as I said, and as the video showed, it's Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is actually a really important day when it comes to the church and to the Christian faith. It's the day where several days before Jesus's crucifixion and a week before his resurrection, uh, spoiler alert, he rises back, he comes back. Uh, Another spoiler alert, he will come back again one day and take us with him. And so on Palm Sunday, he comes into Jerusalem on a donkey, uh, fulfilling the prophecy by the prophet Zechariah. In Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, where it says that the king will come on a donkey uh, into Jerusalem. And so he's coming in and humble Uh, ways and they're throwing their coats and palm branches on the ground and they're shouting Hosanna, Hosanna. In other words, they're saying, save us now or save now. And um, he encounters at his time in Jerusalem, he encounters two groups of people. He encounters one group is a group that celebrates him and wants him there. Another group that doesn't really want him there and brings him before Pontius Pilate to get his ultimate uh, reaction or verdict of guilty for nothing. And he's crucified, uh, later. And, and so all this is taking place, but here's the beautiful thing about Palm Sunday that I, I think about whenever I think about this is that he encountered the two groups, but his response on the cross was the same. He encountered the two groups and on the cross, he made this statement. He said, father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. In other words, he said, Father, I've encountered two groups of people. One, celebrate me and accept me and honor me. Two, or the second group, doesn't want anything to do with me. However, forgive them all. Here's the thing I want you to know today, right off the beginning, we're going to talk gospel is the ground is level at the cross. No matter what group you're in, maybe you're sitting there today and you're in both groups. You celebrate him when it's convenient, and then whenever it doesn't work out like you want, maybe you're back in the group that accuses him and sends him to the cross. I just want you to know his, his response is the same. The loud, ground is level at the cross, and, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that because this Palm Sunday, we get to celebrate the, 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 the sacrifice and the love of Jesus. Coming up on, on Thursday, we're going to do communion. Uh, together digitally. And we're going to celebrate the last supper with uh, Jesus and the disciples. We're going to do that digitally with you from your home. Next Sunday, we get to celebrate Easter. We get to celebrate his resurrection. Man, I'm excited for this season. I know it's feels different because we're online, but the truth is, I want you to know, Easter's still here, Jesus still died for your sins, He still rose three days later, and He still reigns as the King today. God the Father still loves you, and the Spirit has still been made available no matter what. That's why we can do this and still grow with Him. And so, Palm Sunday is really important, and I'm excited that you're here, and I actually want to kind of take a little offshoot of something that happened um Right around the same time as Palm Sunday, but it wasn't on Palm Sunday. It happened a little bit after Palm Sunday. Have you ever heard this phrase, right? Like something happens, right? And it doesn't happen like you thought it would or it happens in a way um, that you're not used to. And this phrase, uh, it's not said as much anymore, but it, it used to be said a lot. And it's this phrase. Oh, how the tables have turned. In other words, it's this it's this meaning oh, how things have changed. Oh, how how things have shifted. I I think we could all probably look at life right now and go, oh, how the tables have turned. For some of you, you're welcoming a little bit of this change. It's a break for you. Uh, You get to see your family more. Some of you, it's not. Some of you, jobs are in question. Finances are difficult, all these things. But I think we can all find common ground to say, oh, how how the tables have turned. And 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 we can title the message that if we want to today, uh, oh how the tables have turned! And I want to talk to you today about this, right? How do we make the most of something when the tables have turned? How do we make the most of it? I want to read you a scripture, a portion of scripture, John chapter two, verses thirteen through twenty-two. And and I love I love uh, this portion of scripture because it really shows a lot of passion. In Jesus and what He was about, because a lot of times, growing up, we can think Jesus was a passive, um, maybe a weak-minded individual. When really, this portion of Scripture that we're about to read shows us and talks to us about how powerful and how passionate and how intense Jesus was about the kingdom of God. Let's let's start reading uh, John chapter two, verses thirteen through twenty-two. It says this: "It says the Passover of." The uh, of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and he found in the temple those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers seated at their tables. Right. So let's keep going. And he made a scourge of cords and drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and he overturned their tables. And to those who were selling the doves, he said, take these things away. Stop making my father's house a place of business. Let's keep going. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me, right? The Jews then said to him, what sign do you show us as your authority for doing such things? I love this. Verse 19, Jesus answered them destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Come on, Jesus, Jesus is an OG. Jesus has got it going on, right? And then he says, the Jews then said, it took 46 years to build this temple and you'll raise it up in three days, right? Watch this. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. He was foreshadowing something that was to come in verse 22. So when he was raised from the dead, Easter, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said this and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. Man, what an amazing story. I love the fact that Jesus, he's walking into the temple, right? He's hes come in and they've welcomed him as a governmental overhaul, which he would not be. They welcomed him as a king because they thought that he would overcome the the, 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 the Romans and the Roman government in that time. And Jesus was like, I'm not here to change your laws. I'm here to change your heart. Hear me today. Jesus is not as concerned with what you do with your hands as he is with the condition of your heart. Because if he can get the condition of our hearts right, then what we do with our hands changes. It becomes holy. It becomes anointed. It becomes uh, OK again. And so I just want to I want to I want to talk to you today about this. What can we do? What can we learn? What can we do when the tables have turned, right? And so there's three things real quick. What can we do when the tables turn? Number one is found in verses 14 and 15. We're going to go to that real quick. Verse 14. And he found in the temple, those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers seated at their tables. And then verse 15, and he made a scourge of cords And he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. So we're going to leave this up for a minute because the first thing that we have to do is we have to embrace the new. Right. What do we do when the tables have turned? Embrace the new. I want to show you something in these verses that is really interesting. It says that he made a scourge of cords and he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. When you go back to original translations, you can begin to see that really he wasn't using the whip and the cords on the people. He was using it on the sheep and the oxen. And here's why that's important. He was driving out the livestock. Now, it can be believed and rightfully so that he was driving them out to hurt the business of. Of the people. They couldn't make money off of it, right? Well, he had already hurt their business by pouring out their money and overturning their tables. Get this the sheep and the oxen were actually ne- necessary for the sacrifices of worship. So here's what Jesus was saying. Here's what Jesus was doing. Please get this. He drove the things that they were used to using to get to God. He drove them out of the place in a foreshadow to look at them and say, what you traditionally use to connect with God is not how you will connect with God anymore. You will now worship God through me, not through the animals. He was driving them out of the temple because there was a new normal that was about to begin to take place. They wouldn't have to sacrifice oxen or sheep or doves anymore. Now they were going to be able to worship God, not through their sacrifice, but through his. They weren't going to earn. They weren't going to be able to earn their way to God anymore. Now he earned it for us, for them, for us. And so the very sacrifices that traditionally connected them to God was about to change. There was a new way to connect. There was a new way to worship. There was a new normal. When the tables have turned, when the jobs have changed, when the rhythms have shifted, when the mindsets have have to uh, change, when our words uh, uh, turn, whatever it is, when the tables have turned, good or bad, doesn't matter. We have to embrace the new, embrace the new. He was going, hey, embracing me, embracing Jesus changes what has imprisoned you in the past. Hear me, in the past they it's not even that the guys that were selling the oxen and the sheep and the doves were bad people. I don't believe that. I believe that they were doing what they thought was okay. They were doing what they thought was all right. They were moving in this moment to where hey, this is what we know. This is what we do. We worship this way and we're going to make this available. It. I don't even think that all of them had bad intentions. I think it just happened. But Jesus had to come in and go, no, when you embrace Jesus, when you embrace me, it changes what has imprisoned you. I want you to hear me. Your mindset, your spiritual disciplines, your rhythms, your heart posture, your lack of honor, whatever it is that has imprisoned you to a place that hurts and is painful and has kept you from connecting with God. When we embrace Jesus, it changes what imprisons us. It changes what keeps us from going. It changes uh, what, what what has held us back. We have to embrace the new if our mindsets don't change when things do change then we'll be stuck in a way that we knew and so we don't embrace the real new we'll be stuck in it has to be this way that's why people around the globe are freaking out about having church online why because all we know is sitting in rows we don't know that we can pastor our own homes that we can grow in our own living room that god hear me The body of Christ is important. The meeting, the gathering of the brothers in a temple and in a place is where God meets us and where God is with us. But I want you to know, but that the gospel is about pastoring your homes and your workplaces as well. I think what we can do is go, I need to change what I always knew and embrace the new so that things can shift. Maybe maybe if we would learn to uh, a, a pastor, our homes, things would be a little little different, right? It, when we embrace Jesus, he changes everything that imprisons us, the addictions, the heartaches, the traditions of religion, all the things that imprison us and keep us from going can change with Jesus. It wasn't about sacrificing your way to God anymore, but it was about embracing the sacrifice of God. Hear this. When he drove out the oxen and the sheep, he was saying it's not about sacrificing your way to earning merit with God. It's about embracing God's sacrifice to open a doorway for you. On this Palm Sunday, I want you to hear this. Embrace the new, or you could say it like this. Embrace Jesus. He's the one that was given and died and resurrected all so that we, our lives could be forever changed with the Father. So number one, we embrace the new. Number two is we have to learn to focus on the point. Focus on. On the point, let's go to verses 16 and 17 right here. It says this, and to those who were selling the doves, he said, take note of this. He said, take these things away. The things that you're making money off of, the things that you've always sacrificed to earn merit, take them away. Stop making my father's house a place of business. Verse 17, and his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal, for your house will consume me. Let's let's go back to verse 16 real quick. It says, stop making my father's house a place of business. What is a business transaction? A business transaction is what can you give me that benefits me so that I can give you something that benefits you. Here's the truth. God is not not, uh, concerned with a business transaction. God is concerned with a heart posture. God wants your heart. Here's the great thing. You'll never be able to give him enough that benefits him like what he gives you will benefit you. It's not about a business transaction. Stop making my father's house. Go 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 back for me. Stop making my father's house a place of business. Stop trying to create a platform for you when it's about connection with him. It's not about the business side, right? So they're taking worship and trying to create a platform. Hear me today. I don't want you to. God is not concerned with creating a platform for you. God is concerned with building a house for you in eternity. That's what he wants. He said, stop making my father's house a place of business. And then he says this in verse 17. His disciples remembered that it was written zeal for your house, will consume me. Well, let's, where does that come from? Psalm chapter 69 in verse nine says this for zeal for your house has consumed me. Man, that sounds really familiar. The disciples say, I remember that it was written. there remembering scripture and it says zeal for your house has consumed me and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. Leave this up. Here's what they're, here's what Jesus is saying whenever he is responding and he says to send these things away, don't make my father's house, the church, the temple of God, the connection of God, don't make that a place of business. And then they say, I remember whenever it says that the zeal for his house will consume me. Here's basically what's been being said. They had lost the point of the temple and Jesus comes along with a zeal. Well, what is zeal? Zeal is defined as fervor. Fervor or zeal, it has the same exact definition, and it's this, an intense, passionate commitment. Here's what he's saying in in Psalm 69 and 9, and here's what he's saying in John chapter 2. I have a Passionate and intense, passionate commitment for your house, God, that has consumed me. In other words, it has come about me. It has enveloped me. It has become what I'm about. In other words, the house that connects people to you, I have such an intense, passionate connection and commitment to that that I want to make sure that we always focus on the point. The point was never to sell the sacrifices. Don't sell, don't sell your worship. The sacrifices were worshiped to God. Don't sell your worship to your feelings. Don't sell your worship to your surroundings. Don't sell your worship to your circumstances, church. Have such an intense passionate commitment for the house of God that we do anything digital we do anything physical we do anything in our power to inf- to confirm and make sure that we are focused on the point that we are sitting there going, no, this is not a place of selling and business. This is a place to where we connect with God and the people and the things that reproach God now reproach me because I have a personal connection to what God's trying to do in his church. We need to get that. I love the fact, Pastor Chuck Barino from Harvest Church and I did a, a live stream this past week and we talked about, I love the fact that I'm seeing more and more people excited to get back together in the house of God. Can I just encourage you, right, right now, let that zeal for God's house burn in you. Let that zeal for God's house consume you. Let it drive you and let it push us towards greater connection. Remember, physically distance, socially connect and spiritually grow. Sometimes things have to happen. I'm not saying God made coronavirus happen or anything, but sometimes things happen and we get to choose if we refocus or not. That's what Jesus was doing at the temple. He was causing a refocusing. For instance, when I go fishing, I often don't use a cork, and so I'll watch the line if I'm fishing with a rubber worm or if I'm uh, 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 crappy fishing and it's just sitting there about six feet down, whatever it is. And then sometimes I have to do this number, like if I have my contacts and I had to blink really hard and rub my eyes just to focus back on the cork or the line or whatever again, right? Because after a while, if you're watching it and you're staring at the same thing over and over and over again, you can start to see things. You can see double. triple. And when I'm deer hunting, I will often see things moving in the woods that aren't actually there. And I have to refocus on what I'm trying to focus on. It's intentional. It's strategic. I have to take time for that. I have to refocus to make sure that I'm seeing what I'm trying to see the right way. I want, I want to, I want to tell you that when the tables turn, take a moment To allow the zeal of the house of God to consume you and focus on the point again. What is it that God is trying to teach you? Don't complain that God isn't helping you grow when you're not putting in the steps. Don't complain that your marriage isn't getting better when you're not putting in the work. We have to be intentional. The circumstances we go through are not a choice, but growth is. We have to take steps and we have to learn that we have to focus on the point. The point of the church is not just to sit in a building. I believe the building is important. It facilitates ministry. It moves things forward. I can't wait to get back and get to a place to where we start raising the money we need and we get the money we need uh, th- uh, uh, to build a building so that God can meet us there and facility can uh, a facilitation of ministry can happen. I can't wait for that. But the church, the big C church has not been canceled. I've seen this out there. It's not been canceled. It's been deployed. The big C church is for us to go out. The point of the church is to change lives and connect people with the father. Jesus was trying to get people to focus on that again. So number one, what we have to do is we have to embrace the new number two, we have to focus on the point. And number three is this. We have to celebrate the victories. This can be hard. This can be difficult in this season and this time, but we have to celebrate the victories. Verses 18 through 21 says this. The Jews then said to him, what sign do you show us as your authority for doing such things? In other words, they were challenging Jesus, right? And so here's his response. Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days, I'll raise it up. So let's stop right there for just a second. We have to celebrate the victories. I want you to pay attention to something. Jesus said, you can destroy this temple, but in three days, I'll raise it back up. He's challenging their mentality that it doesn't, God does things in his timing, right? Let's keep going because I'm about to get to the point here. Verse 20, Then the Jews then said, it took 46 years to build the temple and you'll raise it up in three days. You're crazy. Verse 21, but he was speaking of the temple of his body. We have to celebrate the victories. We're gonna next week gather together for a creative and amazing service and we're gonna celebrate the victory of Jesus over death, hell, and the grave on Easter Sunday. It's gonna be a great time. You don't wanna miss it. In fact, you need to invite people to be a part of that. But I want during the times when the tables have turned in our lives, when the tables have shifted, when things have changed, celebrate the victories. Jesus was saying this, you can do what you want to do to me, but you'll never stop God's power and plan. In fact, I'm going to throw this up here on the screen real quick. It's this. No matter what, nothing can stop God's plans. Nothing can stop God's plans. I need you to hear that today because some of you feel like because of your job situation, because of your financial situation, because your kids are driving you absolutely insane and you're about to lock them in the garage for a day or so, don't do that. That's not a good thing in your home and all this stuff is going on. It feels like God's plans have stopped. I want you to hear me today. Nothing, no virus, no, no mentality, no tradition, no religion can stop God's plans. God's plans will happen. Jesus goes, you can kill the body. You can attack the body. You can tear the temple down. You can hurt the body. But I'll raise back up in three days because it's God's plan for that to happen. And you can do what you want to me, but you won't stop his plan. Some of us need that same mentality. Whenever everything's coming against us, celebrate the victory. That it says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that breathes life into your mortal bodies. I want you to hear me today. And when everything comes against you, when all hell breaks loose, when the tables have turned, when there's a new normal in town, when things are happening that are hurtful, you don't have the power and neither does anyone else to stop God's plans. Nothing that happens to you, no matter what, nothing can stop God's plan. He was foreshadowing Easter Sunday. He was saying, you can mess with me, but when you mess with me, you're messing with God and you won't stop God. I want you to, I, I want you to just walk away from this message today feeling encouraged that when the tables turn, we can embrace the new, that when the tables turn, we'll focus on the point and when the tables turn. We can walk out of here going, you can mess with me. You can mess with my family. You can take my job. You can decrease my paycheck. You can take my friends. You can isolate me in a house, but God's plans will always prevail. God's plans will always move forward and nothing else will shift in my life because when I'm in the hands of God, I'm in the plans of God. I want you to walk out of here smiling, your chest bowed out a little bit, your head held a little higher, and that you begin to know that you are walking when you're walking in God's hands, you're walking in God's plans, and God's plans will never be stopped no matter what. Even when it feels like they will, they can't. Your body may suffer, things may not make sense, but God's plans never will. God's plans never will suffer. God's plans will always make sense in his perspective and in his timing. Here's the truth. Romans eight twenty eight. all things work together for the good of those who love God. Listen, I want to tell you something. All this will work together for the good of those that love God. I don't know what that means and I don't know what it looks like. I'm not saying God made it happen, but what I'm saying is, is God will make it work to the good of those that love him. Take, take heart. That you can do what you want to my body. You can do what you want to the temple, but in three days I'll raise it back up. Have confidence. Nothing, no matter what, will stop God's plans. I love the fact that Jesus looks at him and goes, what you usually had to use to sacrifice, to connect with God, I will sacrifice myself so you can connect with God. The ground is level at the cross. I know today you may be going, well, the things that used to bring me validation are gone. The things that used to make me feel significant and valuable are in question. I want you to know something today. The only thing you need to bring value and validation in your life is the love of Jesus, is the cross of Jesus, is the power of the Holy Spirit and is the love of our Father. That's what we need. I just want you to know today that no matter where you are, what group you're in on this Palm Sunday, no matter what's happening, no matter how the tables have turned for you. I just want you to know something. There's a new way to connect with God. Let's embrace it. Let's lean into it. Let's let's embrace Jesus in the middle of this. The point focus on the point of it. The point one of the points is, is that we can connect with a father that loves us no matter what. He's got you. Because his plans can never stop. Nobody, nothing will ever stop God's plans. So maybe you feel like uh, the tables have turned and you don't know what to do. I'm going to tell you the first thing that you can do that is the greatest thing that you can do is give your life to Jesus today. Give your life to Jesus. The king that rode in on a donkey. Not to overthrow governmental rule, but to change our hearts, to save our lives and to give us eternal promise. So what I would love for you to do, if you're sitting out there today and you're hearing this and you feel this knocking on your chest going, I need to pray. I need to give my life to Jesus. Here's what I'd love to do. I'd love for you to pray with me right now. I'd love for you to pray with me right now and just ask God to come into your life to forgive you and walk with you. Let's pray together. Pray this out loud. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Let's say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me for who I've been. I've tried it without you. But now I realize that you gave your life so that I could do it with you. Walk with me. Guide me. Direct me. Forgive me. I confess that you died for my sins. And I believe that you've risen again to empower me with the Spirit of God to live with my Father forever. Thank you for welcoming me into the family of God today. If you prayed that prayer and you believe that in your heart, I just want to tell you, welcome to the family of God. If you're around watching this, I want you to put your hands together and shout for what God just did. He opened up somebody's heart and Jesus came in and forgave them and brought them into the family of God today. Amen. We have a new family member somewhere watching this today. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to click a link that's about to come up in the chat chat section. Click that link. We'd love to journey this with you and give you some resources and learn more about you. Don't don't take an opportunity to do this in obscurity. Let's let's walk in this together. I want to meet my new family member. Now, if you're still sitting out there today, I want to I want to read one more scripture to you out of Luke chapter 19 and verse 40. Luke chapter 19, verse 40 says this. But Jesus answered, I tell you, if these become silent, the stones will cry out. Somebody was looking at Jesus after he came into Jerusalem and so many people were making a fuss about him coming in and told him to basically tell them to be quiet. And he just looked at him and said, but I'm telling you this, if they become silent, the stones will cry out. Church, next Sunday, we're meeting together in a new format and we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Easter is still coming. It will look different, but we will celebrate and it will be amazing. And I want you to know something. I want you to invite somebody. Be loud about your faith. Be loud about what God can do. We're gonna post a graphic that you can post and tag some people in it and and, and invite them to join you next Sunday on our digital Easter experience. It's gonna be a great time, but I want you to be loud about it. Don't let the rocks be louder than you. Invite somebody. Let's close this thing out in prayer today. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that when the tables turn that we can embrace the new, the new way to worship Jesus. We can embrace the new because you always see us through. God, I, I pray that we would focus on the point. How can we grow through this? How can we learn through this? Where are you taking us? And then, God, I thank you that we get to celebrate the victories, the small victories in our life, but the victory of Jesus over death, hell, and the grave. God, I'm believing for uh, a record attendance and incredible mind-boggling, mind-blowing reach on our digital experiences for Easter next week as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let us go out today and live this thing out and make a difference. God, we love you. We honor you. Thank you for giving us a zeal for your house. God, we honor you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Radiate Church, I love you guys. Let's go change the world this week. I'll see you next Sunday.